0: Welcome to chaotic harmony. My name is John.
1: This is crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us So we are here to talk music and we're gonna start off by interviewing our good friend Mark Heemer Mark hello, hi so what, we'd, what we want to do is we just want to find out a little bit about our backstories because we became good friends about two, three years ago. Some of us longer.
0: Mm-hmm. John and Mark. John. I know. Ten years? That's been ten years? Eleven this year. Oh, gosh. In 2008 fall of. So, wow, guys.
1: Yeah. That's as long as I've been married.
0: Oh. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. The bromance is strong.
2: As it should be. Okay. <laughs> as it should be. Absolutely. Boom.
1: But... We've uh, we've worked together to make something really neat down in Chula Vista, so we just want to tell the story piece by piece and then as a whole. So, Mark, yeah. we want to hear about your piece of the puzzle tonight, friend. Absolutely. So, let's start off with some program notes. Let's get it. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I am the music teacher at John J. Montgomery in Chula Vista. This is my fourth year at the program, kind of fourth and a half. So, the program actually started in 2015. 14, with a pilot program for third grade. So I was an employee of the San Diego Youth Symphony at the time. And it was a pilot, just a 30 minute, you go in, teach third grade music for one class and go and teach third grade music for the other class. And that's just kind of how it started. Um, after that, uh, it was a 10 week program. My principal, um, she said, I'm keeping you, finish your credential, get it together. Because I'm like, you're going to be my music teacher. And at that time, I was getting my credential, and it was a slow process. I managed to cram a year and a half into five years. Um, just, it was long and hard. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so Cram. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, thanks for those of you who caught that. Um, yeah, so since then, I've been, you know, I was there part-time up until this year. It's my mm-hmm. first full-time year. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It's super exciting. That's due to awesome. a partnership with uh, Turnaround Arts. And we've just been able to, to get a lot of stuff done this year and a lot of plans for next year. And it's been really great.
1: That's really exciting. I know mm-hmm. it's been a good year for a couple of us and that you're, mm-hmm. you're one of us who got tenured this year.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I got tenured, which was awesome. And just it feels more stable now. Yeah. It's not wondering kind of every day like, oh, what's happening next year, or like next month and stuff. So That I was, was like, this year. I got tenured? Yeah. It's been a yeah, okay. it's, it's it okay. has been a long year. It's okay, Absolutely. guys.
1: We're going to make it. We, we sure are. are. We are. So how long have been have you been teaching as uh, in total?
2: In total, uh-huh. about four and a half years. Four and a half and years. So I graduated from Point Loma in 2012, uh-huh. and then I worked at Starbucks for about three years. And kind of during that time, I was in this flux of like, do I want to go into teaching? Do I want to stay in Starbucks and work my way up? Because mm-hmm. I, work, I worked myself like fairly high in the organization within a short time. And then it was because I didn't get an assistant manager position and it wasn't because of anything wrong. They just like, you don't have enough accolades yet because like you're young. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking with a, uh, with a a regular at the time and I was like, I have been here about three years. And then it just kind of hit me like, oof, I've been here for three years at Starbucks. Like Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with Starbucks, but I was like, I need to move on. And so Mm -hmm. a friend had told me about the San Diego youth symphony. And so I had reached out to them. I got teaching after school, which led to the pilot programs, which led to me being a full-time music teacher. So
1: what were you teaching after school when you were with
2: the symphony? I was teaching trumpet and trombone. So oh, okay. trumpet's my main instrument.
1: Okay. Yeah. And um, what is your what is your degree in?
2: Music education. It is in yeah, music so ed. Yeah, okay. so I, I was a music ed, and then I had gone on and gotten in the teacher credential program, and it was just, it was a long, hard program, you know, uh-huh. as credentialing programs are a lot of things that, right. especially for music, where it's like, well we you can't use any of this in your in your area so like
1: they'll they'll say um, okay create a lesson plan that hits all these different language right. s- standards absolutely yeah mm-hmm.
2: so <laughs> it was just it was one of those things like i you know math is great like <laughs> but i don't need to construct responses for math in my classroom because we don't do that kind of math.
1: Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So but you got through it. Yeah,
2: I did get through it. And so we're on this side of it, which is great.
1: Have you always, have you always been at your site at Montgomery? Uh,
2: yes. And okay. No. So, and he, cause
1: you were at two, right? right. Okay. I, I
2: was split between two schools for my first three years of teaching. Okay. And while I love both schools, being at one school is just way better, especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to build a program. Mm-hmm. And so I've had this kind of realization over the last couple of weeks and months, of Like I can teach music lessons and I can do that. Well, but like am I building a program? Mm-hmm. And so like they just there are two completely different things mm-hmm. And so giving music is great, but building a program is better.
1: Okay, so let's unpack that yeah. what, what does building a program mean to you?
2: So to me building a program is um, Teaching kids the proper things that they need to know to that you can, so skills that you can just build throughout as they get older mm-hmm. so for example um, I just started teaching ukulele cause we got a bunch of ukuleles nice. through a grant through NAM, Um, and so with that, I kind of have been introducing it to all the grade levels. And so with my upper grades four through six, we've kind of talked about the concept of chords and all this stuff. And today I introduced it to third for the first time. And instead of like talking about chords and changing and all this stuff, like didn't even talk like name, let's say the word chords. I I have stickers to help guide them where their where their fingers should go. So I was like, all right, cover the green sticker. And we played into a C chord. And so I just had them strumming a C chord and we sang for Jacques. Well, Brother John in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just sang that while they played. Um, and so I don't know if, and I'm still working it out, but like I don't know if I'll get into that super heavy details of these are chords. This is kind of a chord progression with my third graders, but just kind of exposing them to this is a ukulele and Mm -hmm. you're playing it Mm -hmm. and you're making music. Mm -hmm. And so once they have that kind of foundation Building upon that maybe in fourth grade and talk more about chord progressions and whatnot.
1: Okay. So I'm mm-hmm. hearing when, when you're thinking about building a program, it's, it's uh, simple exposure mm-hmm. and then building on skills so that you can actually get somewhere. And then the kids can take it independently outside of the music room and Absolutely. make their own music. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and with that, we've kind of moved past program notes <laughs> and we're getting more into development. So let's, so let's get there. Yeah. Let's go into development. Mark, when did you know that you wanted to be a music teacher?
2: Uh, I knew my senior year of high school. And so I'm from a small town called Teachapi. And at the time I was living there and growing up there, there were about 5,000 people in the town. We had one stoplight. Yeah, just let that see. (laughs) One stoplight like in the whole town. Um, We had one high school, one middle school, three elementary schools. And that was kind of about it. And so I had pretty much no direction. um, And I just kind of enjoyed hanging out with friends. And that was about it. So my senior year of high school, I had an elective. And so I didn't really want to do any of the electives that the school had, you know, like Home Ec or Woodshop or all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I asked the band director if I could be his TA. And he said, absolutely. So for first period, I drove down to the middle school and helped teach sixth grade beginning band. And it was there where I was like, you know what, this is a lot of fun and I really enjoy this. And so it was kind of from that experience where I was like, you know what, I do want to be a music teacher. And it was a friend named Josh. Who was like, you should apply to Point Loma because I don't want to apply alone, and I was just going to go to a JC in Bakersfield, Hmm. which was the best decision I made. Not going to a JC in Bakersfield. No offense to if you listen to Bakersfield, (laughs) Um, but so I wouldn't. Bakersfield, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) moving on. on (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. I'm here to support.
3: I do want to kind of, I guess, from there, jump forward to 2015. Uh, when I met you for the first time yeah. was yes. basically Yola Youth Orchestra of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. bust down to Chula Vista mm-hmm. to do a collaborative yeah, day right. yeah. with Opus.
2: Yeah,
3: Yola at Opus Day. I don't. I can't remember what they called
2: it. So yeah.
3: I was a, um, I was in school to get my teaching credential, and so I got to go on that trip with them and was working with yola mm-hmm. and then you were there yeah. and just like working so hard nice. i i just remember you you had your trumpet if i'm remembering yeah and mm-hmm. it was mar vista high mm-hmm. school and i just remember right on it, the beach
2: by the way which right. is just
3: and we all walked to the beach as part of like the day it was so cool for mm-hmm. a lot of kids it was like first time going to the beach mm-hmm. um so we were there. And then the day was a long, long day. And I was just, I mean, I was there to enjoy it. I didn't really, I was doing a lot. But you were like working hard the whole day. And I just remember um, there were some pizzas left over at the end of, of the day. And I tried to take one because I was super hungry. And Annette was <laughs> like, actually, that's Mark's here in that (laughs) pizza. Don't mess with Mark's pizza.
2: (laughs) We can get a pizza, Zoe.
0: No, the whole
3: point of that was just like, I've, you know, just a lot of respect for you, Mark. And like, you've just, you've been like involved from the beginning and just like making an impact so
0: wait just, pause you have respect for mark because he had pizza
1: Is that <laughs> <what>? yeah that's <laughs> what i'm getting at because here. he could eat a whole pizza there we go oh ben.
2: not anymore <laughs> Dude, it's okay we've old. all learned we're getting yeah. old.
1: We're not going there i'm older than all of
0: you it's so, right. a process <laughs> so, like music <laughs>
1: So, Mark, yeah. do you have a memory of a specific music teacher? It sounds like your high school music director really well, so sparked your fire, but do you have of, one who sticks out?
2: Yeah, I have several. So I haven't had a ton of directors in mm-hmm. musical um Directors like that. So my high school teacher was my middle school teacher was my elementary school teacher.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so all the way wow. through. Wow. Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: it was, Wait, was thinking it one big it. entity like K through twelve, or no, so did he just jump around.
2: It, yeah, so he moved okay. around because gotcha. again, small small town. Right. There just wasn't one a ton. one stoplight. One stoplight, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. And so there just wasn't a ton of um, there wasn't a ton of kids really, and so my graduating class was like three hundred, but when you think like that's a whole town. That's not a ton. But so Mr. Waldrum, Craig Waldrum, he. Uh, he taught band in sixth grade, and so that's when I joined. And I was actually thinking about last time, our last episode, I said I didn't have music, but that was a lie. I had, mm-hmm. I had band mm-hmm. before school. Correction. And so, yeah, I actually joined because they met during the day, my fifth grade year, and I was like, I want to get out of class. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so I joined, and then they moved it to before school, so I had to be at school even longer, which was the worst.
1: And at that point, you were hooked. Right. So well, at that point, my dad you. was like,
2: I bought you a trumpet. You're going. Because <laughs> I tried to quit many times. But, so yeah, it was the same director all up until until uh, high school, until graduated, then I went to Point Loma, and Dan Nelson was the band director on my freshman year, mm-hmm. and he just, he was a great person and uh, a great influence, and then I think, though, my teacher, who had the most influence, is my, was my private instructor, John Wilds, who plays for the San Diego Symphony. Okay. Yeah, he's a second trumpet, and he just, he taught me and showed me what it is to be a good teacher. Like, oh. he cared so much beyond... The notes and so much beyond the technique and like, I'm not the best trumpet player. I can play, but like I'm not because you don't have a mustache. That's why it's because I don't have a mustache. (laughs) That actually is.
1: Mark used to have a mustache and now he no longer has a mustache. Listeners, that's what's going
2: on. Yeah.
1: So, do you have a specific memory? Because I I love that you say it was so much. You know, beyond the notes Mm -hmm. and the music, but what what specifically stands out?
2: Um. So a couple of things. There was one day I was well it was for several weeks was prepping for a um, a competition for a scholarship and I had never really done anything like that so I had been practicing and practicing up to six hours a day and like I was just like killing myself and not taking care of myself and that uh, it was like maybe a day or two before the actual competition and John he we talked about it and so I was I think it was asking advice and so he uh he came to the school. He came to Point Loma, which he doesn't live nearby. And it was like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. And he just, he went through this like warm down process with me and stuff. And so he took maybe 30, 45 minutes of his life and was just like, here's a warm down. You feel like you can play? And I was like, yeah, I feel like I can play. He's like, now put the instrument away and go home. Aww, and like, yeah. he just, he told me like, you've put in all this work and you're like you can't really do anything else like take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and then another time a different year I think it was my senior year I had just been going through a lot of personal family stuff at home and like well and so I just I wasn't in a like in a mindset to play and um I mentioned something like that because we had started the lesson but he knew something was off and so Mm -hmm. he asked me and so I kind of told him he's like all right we'll put the trumpet down let's talk Mm -hmm. and so it was actually in um Dr. Kenyon's old office John mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so it was on the first floor these beautiful pianos and like this beautiful practice space that he never got to use so it was kind of like exciting but he just sat there and talked with me for our entire lesson and was just like this is this is what you need right now mm-hmm. um, like he he wasn't in it for the money he did yeah. it because he loved music he loved teaching he loved his students
1: that's really beautiful mm-hmm. I love that yeah so what what is your first memory of, of a music teacher um so you were saying that you know you rethought your answer
2: yeah so yeah. i was sitting in the cafeteria at my elementary school the
1: cafeteria <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, it was yeah. An
1: auditorium cafeteria, cafeteria. cafeteria. <laughs> okay yeah,
2: yeah, cafeteria. <laughs> um, and i was sitting on stage and i had my trumpet and there were all of these other kids who they actually busted in from other schools to to my my school and so like i had no idea what was happening and mm-hmm. i had this trumpet and we sounded terrible for a very long time um but it was just it was it was fun you know mm-hmm. i i enjoyed it i hated practicing and so like we Most had did. to practice right? <laughs> not the first person so i feel better <laughs> about that but we had to practice 30 minutes a day And so I'd go home, and I'd look at the clock, and if it was four 5 I'd practice until 4.35, not Mm -hmm. a minute later. And so, and then there there came a point where I didn't practice, and then my dad got on me. And so I had this long battle of wanting to do music or not. Um, I don't come from a musical family, so I'm the first person in my family who is musical. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really hard, because, like, I didn't also see what that process was like of, Mm -hmm. this is what we do. Like, you Mm -hmm. just, you play, you have fun, you enjoy it. It was like, no, you have to be in your method book and you have to be learning the notes and doing everything that. And if you don't play the right note, you're like, you sound bad. Yeah. So it's just been a lot of kind of that trying to retrain myself. Yeah. Even now as an adult, you know, when I'm mm-hmm. learning a new instrument or trying to do something new, like, it's not about being right and being yeah. perfect. So.
1: Uh,
0: yeah
2: <laughs>
1: we were talking about that a little bit before you came me mm-hmm. and Zoe and I was saying that's that's something that I love about the orf community yeah. and mm. i feel like that has been such a gift that's been given back to me because I feel the same way and I think mm-hmm. all of us can relate to feeling rejected um, at in in the music world in one mm-hmm. way or another, whether that was a director that didn't like you very much um, or a solo that you didn't get or mm-hmm. um, just or someone who didn't... Or a friend. Yeah, Aww. friends were the worst in college. Mm, I love yeah. you guys. You
2: guys are the worst. No. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm going to test. Like, yeah. just the negativity and, like, if you're not perfect, you're useless and, like, why try? Yeah. There know, was such yeah. a lot of that. It's very toxic.
0: Of, yeah, sen- there was a, such a sense of perfectionism almost elitism just Mm -hmm. like can you do a certain level of musicianship if not you are a lower tier right and it's not just with our community there's a bunch of music communities sure Uh well
1: and i think that that um a lot of music education programs in colleges can be very secondary focused because of that mentality that you have to be some sort of high level musician whereas with the orf process we're all in this very elemental music making Mm -hmm. and it it's simple and it's beautiful and Mm -hmm. everybody gets to be part of it and it's just so inclusive i i I am obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I love how Drew, one of our instructors for the ORF, um, when we had ORF lessons, uh, I think it was him who brought up the idea of juxtaposing ORF versus conservatory approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good mindset because oftentimes we come from a background, of many people, like where we try to perfect this skill as opposed to just come together and just do music. Mm-hmm. And I, that, I just really resonate with that idea of ORF. Of or, jam. Just do music.
1: I want to empower the kids to jam, Definitely. you know, because that those have been my most joyful moments as a musician. The yeah. unplanned ones, no real audience, just a bunch of people together making music, and I think that's what's important. Mm-hmm. You kind of touched on this question earlier, yeah. but um, I'm wondering how you define a successful music classroom.
2: I think a successful music classroom is kids wanting to be there and kids mm-hmm. having fun and kids mm-hmm. learning something, whether or not they realize that they're learning it, but they're they're learning something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been a battle this last year of that conservatory versus, you know, more just growth kind of um, process. And I definitely say my first year was super conservatory. Like you had to know this is a B, this is an E on the That's staff. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. If you don't know that, yeah. you're never going to learn music. But now it's like today. I was just thinking about when we were doing the ukuleles with third grade. I had some kids who were playing, like with their hand on top of the fretboard to 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 push down the green uh, cir- or the green circle because that was their instructions, and I was like. I can correct them, but they're smiling and they're playing the ukulele right now and I can correct them later. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, they don't have to be perfect at this on the first day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a music program uh, to me in a music classroom is just, are the kids having fun and are they learning? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. do they feel safe? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, safety for me and just like even like physical safety but also emotionally safe yeah do they feel like they this teacher cares about them and loves them and like yeah. sees the value in them even mm-hmm. though they might be a troubled kid even though they might you know they might not talk but just to have someone even if it's the only person at that school says you can do it i believe in you mm-hmm. like that's huge because how how often yeah. do we measure these kids on these test scores right mm-hmm. you know you only grew this many lexile points or what have you and yes all of that's important to have and to know like to see the kid actually growing but if that's all that they get they're like it's not complete
1: i know that you're in a similar school situation to mine where yes. you've got a lot of low income little guys mm-hmm. tell me about your kids
2: um, my kids are fun. They're challenging. I love them and want to shake them sometimes. <laughs> um, they they come with just a lot of a lot of things from home, just mm-hmm. a lot of baggage, and then they come at these low academic score levels. Mm-hmm. So we have fourth graders who are reading maybe at a first grade level, mm-hmm. you know, and just it's it's one of those things where there's just never enough time, and mm-hmm. so like they just got to keep progressing, but. They, they really enjoy coming to music. And I think part of that is because I don't, and I'm very aware of like, I don't tell them like, well, you passed or you failed. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you did it. You didn't know. Like if someone can't do something, I was like, well, maybe try this or do this instead of like, well done. You were able to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I try to use the words well done a lot in my mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Um, not to diminish like well done, but just like to give the kids some encouragement because so often i'm sure they they don't hear those words you know like you can do it like i know you can do it i have faith in you that you can do it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so just speaking positivity to them
1: i know that um you are you built this program from nothing um there was no music teacher before you walked in Mm -hmm. uh tell me about what it's been like changing the culture at your school
2: um it's very slow okay and it's
1: What aspect?
2: Um, Just feeling like the culture is shifting. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I feel that the culture has shifted amongst the younger students. So, I'd probably Mm -hmm. say, with the exception of a few sixth graders, Mm -hmm. um, fifth, they're starting to buy in. Fourth, they're my most challenging group. And Mm -hmm. that's just that, that's a grade that's just really low performing, just kind of everywhere Mm -hmm. in the academic world. And so when they're so low performing and like they're told constantly that they're low performing, when they come to my classroom, they just kind of carry that mantra in with them. Mm-hmm. And so with them, it's a lot of like, it's very little individual work cause they don't know how to work like as an individual. And so a lot of group teaching. And then like today I had them and I tried to give them an assignment just working with a partner. And they had these ukulele sheets that they wrote down these chords and there was learn yours, teach your partner. And I'd probably say maybe 40% were able to do it. Okay. With like, it was really scaffolded mm-hmm. in what they had to do. But um, I just feel that the when I think of culture, like I just don't see students. I see teachers. I see parents. Mm-hmm. I see administration. Mm-hmm. And I have a very supportive principal, and I love my principal very much. And she's been a huge advocate of mine, and I'm just so appreciative of that. But I don't feel currently that the staff is bought in.
1: Okay. And
2: so like they're great and I love my, my staff and whatnot, but like in my, I guess, perfect world, like they're interested in it and they want to participate. And we're not there yet. Yeah. This yeah, is your so, first year full time. Right. right. And yeah. so the, so my, schedule being, yeah, my mm-hmm. schedule being, yeah, my schedule being part time was I was there two and a half days a week. And in those two and a half days from the start of the day to the end of the day, I had kids. Like Mm -hmm. my break was lunch, obviously, Mm -hmm. and then occasionally I got recess or I had recess duty, Mm -hmm. but there was very little interaction with the staff. I'm so trying to change that now.
1: Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. One one step at a time. Right? Absolutely. So all of us are VH1 Save the Music schools, yes. and we're going to talk about that a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in another episode we'll unpack what what VH1 has done for us as a district. But you're the only turnaround art school. Yes. So tell me about what that is. Yeah. Um, and what it gives you because I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Um, I'm not a spokesperson for Turn On Arts. I'll just no, say just that tell me front. your experience. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Turn On Arts was a program that stemmed out of the Obama administration, and it was for this idea... Of low-performing schools using the arts to turn around the school so turn around culture turn around academics like kind of turn around everything okay and so it has since been mo- um, partnered with the kennedy center out of dc okay and so being a Toronto art school they are it's kind of a partnership and so they they offer us resources they help us with certain things and they help us kind of train the whole staff to use arts-based strategies within their the regulars teaching day And so we have a whole school strategy right now called visual thinking strategies, and it's where you project an image and you're allowed to ask the students three questions. What do you see? Or What's going on in this image? What do you see that makes you say that? What more can we find? Mm -hmm. With the intent of getting the kids to use vocabulary to critically think. And so we tried two strategies this first year to kind of see which one we liked. And the other one was a drum circle, which was great. But the program just it was eight weeks and there wasn't a ton of growth with the program from year to year. It kind of be the same thing. And so it's like, well, I can do drumming and music class like that's Mm -hmm. we will do that. And so I'm going to really be pushing towards this VTS because it does grow with the students every year. The images, there's more to them. And so I've been leading the fourth through sixth grade VTS sessions and i've just seen within the last month or two of doing it the kids are really starting to engage and really participate in that so our first couple weeks there's always those kids who want to share and who always have something to say and we love those kids because especially when someone's observing you and you like ask a question and no one says anything it's like oh yeah. no it's like but i can call year, like, lisa oh, <laughs> right, right absolutely uh-huh. yes guy what do you have to say and then mm-hmm. he goes on for five minutes but um it's It's been really cool because the kids who are quiet are sharing what they see. Mm-hmm. And the whole pro like point of it is not to be right. It's not to be wrong. It's just, what do you see? Mm-hmm. So you see that this image has a dog. Why do you say that you see a dog? Where to the, that kid, it might look like a dog. But to the other kid, it might look like a coat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I see it's a coat because it like ha- looks like it has shoulders and it has what appears to be a collar. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of open language and nothing is like... Oh well, that is a coat, or that is a dog. No, right. It could be. It possibly is. It's John your interpretation, it, right? So I love that. Is this
0: yeah. thing this approach
2: uh, mm-hmm. used in general ed classes yep. or? Oh, that yeah. Is, so uh, that's so my first through sixth grade students all get it at least once a week. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has been huh. really cool. And then yeah, being turned on art school, just a lot of partnerships, which has been great. They helped us apply and get some grants that were amazing so i got a grant for some musical instrument well for a music program and so i funneled it all into instruments because i figured that was the best investment was in that for the kids and then we're putting on a musical this year for the very first time wow i've never done a musical i've never been in a Mm. musical and we're doing it it's in a month (laughs) that's fantastic (laughs) who else is a part of that um so we have a partnership with an organization called coda and uh they have a couple of teaching artists who come in and they've been helping with choreography Mm, because i'm not a choreographer and i've been teaching the music with it and we've been working on sets and stuff and our art teachers she has a couple art clubs which is really cool um so they're working on props and stuff like that so the whole point of it is to literally turn around the school using the arts. And so we have oh. a leadership team that's dedicated for arts. And so like a lot of schools will have the ILT, their instructional leadership team, but we have an arts leadership team. So yeah.
1: this is, wow. it. it's not just you, it's getting other staff members involved. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's your culture shift. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's
2: super great. And I have a couple of teachers who are absolutely amazing. And that's so cool. it's been, that's yeah. been really helpful. But for me being a millennial if it doesn't happen today like, I feel like I'm failing at it
1: you know so, one of my favorite quotes though is that we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year Or sure. I'm, I'm sorry we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year but we underestimate what we can accomplish in five hmm. and it really keeps me going Yeah, because yeah. there are days where it seems like we are, we are just fighting an uphill battle yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and it's very difficult on the, you know, boots on the ground day to day. Mm-hmm. But I look at my second graders and the growth is exponential. Yeah. You know, they are, they are far and away above the sixth graders, my first year teaching at a school that had never had music before in their musical ability. So it's, I, I'm excited to see where all of our schools are when we've been there full time for five years. Yeah, We're getting there. Yes.
2: Mark. culture takes three years to build yeah so it does like and i think, like yeah, being, hard, time being years. hard at it yeah yes so and and i have to remind myself like okay i've been there four, but this is kind of one you know it's I mean, kind of I've one been, i've been around but it's you know
1: right and mm-hmm. so you you're not coming in like a first-year teacher they do right. trust you they know mm-hmm. you but but actually rolling your sleeves up and getting some actual work done mm-hmm. this is the first year that you've right. been able to right. so and because
2: i'm full-time we mm-hmm. have an intermediate band a beginning band a mm-hmm. uh, choir two ukulele clubs we're putting on the musical mm-hmm. like all this wasn't possible being a part-time oh teacher gosh. because i'm there full-time now yeah. it's all possible that's
1: amazing congrats yeah. Matt. mark Thanks. The, Matt. <laughs> yeah. no, really? Mike, right? Matt. Mike, Mike. Matt Mark. Where can I just gonna give you
2: lots Monty. Oh, so when yeah, when, <laughs> when I was growing up, I went to speech class cuz I can I can't say R. Like even today, I feel like whenever I say the letter R, I just there's, it doesn't come out. And so for the longest time I was Mike cuz I couldn't say Mark cuz that R is difficult. It is difficult. And so Mark Keemer, it was Mike Keema. Oh, I was yep. just
1: picking up on that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You,
2: you read Interesting. it. You read it right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you have a favorite story to share from your teaching? Maybe a, a fun story with a kid? Um,
2: I have a great story of one of my fifth graders. Her name is Candy. And this is the third, fourth year I've been teaching her. So I've known her since she was like a first, second grader. But she was always super shy, very quiet, rarely talked. Like if I got her to say hi to me, it was kind of a win. And so she joined Opus last year and started learning saxophone. And this year she's in my band and she was in band in school last year. And so we've been interacting a lot more and it's just been really cool to see her growth, um, just not only musically, but just as a person. And so during the speech competition, she was one of the finalists from her class. And so she got up on stage in front of the whole school and delivered this beautiful, eloquent speech about harmony and how everything Mm -hmm. works and stuff like that. And so it was just Confident, She didn't, like, fumble over words. She was just, it was super articulate and just really well done. And, like, just thinking that only a few years ago, this little girl wouldn't even talk to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, now she's up in front of a whole school just delivering the speech. Cool. So there are lots of factors that play into that. But I really think music and learning what she has through saxophone playing and mm-hmm. community through that has really helped to helped build her up like that.
1: That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Did you get emotional?
2: Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like she got up there and like, I was shocked to see her up there. Not because I didn't think she could do it, but mm-hmm. just because she has been so quiet for so long, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, it was awesome. That's it was a really cool experience. Really
1: fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She did That's awesome.
1: Amazing. Well, shall we move on over to Mark for Spicato?
2: All right. What is your favorite thing in your refrigerator right now?
0: Oh, we're going clockwise
2: this time oh
1: um, i'm uh, starting yogurt salsa i'm
0: terrible at this so i'm not a string player uh favorite th- i don't have anything i i Spicato, top of your head greek dude. yogurt just there put you it right.
2: that way. boom i have this whiskey and like me. lemonade bet like can Ooh. it's yeah, okay. so good it's just the absolute best okay what is one app that you wish you did not have on your phone but you have it because you secretly love it
1: oh okay it's airbrush and it makes all my pictures pretty Facebook. Mm.
0: That's a comment. <laughs> uh, it's this app I recently got. Um, I forget what it's called. It's a way to connect with people. Marco Polo. It's like it's a way to connect with people. It's in a busy life. A it's. Uh, I'm mixed about it. I'm mixed. Good. Yeah. I Marco
2: Polo and I love it. Um, I have. I'd probably say Instagram. I love Instagram, but I also hate Instagram because it Fair just takes so enough. much of my life. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Um, you've been given an elephant. You can't get rid of it. What do you do with it?
1: Give it hugs. Give it to the San Diego Zoo. Can't mm. get rid of it. Can't get rid And it's not getting rid of it. It's giving it a home. You are
0: donating. Okay, he can live
1: at the baseball field next door.
0: Eat it. What? <laughs> That's so lame. Oh my goodness. <laughs> With barbecue
2: sauce. <laughs> ranch, clearly just... Oh, ranch, okay. <laughs> I would name him Alfred, hmm. and he would protect my home. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough.
2: All right. uh, Last one. What is one food that you can never give up?
3: Chocolate. French fry.
2: Cheeseburgers.
0: Burritos. Burritos.
1: Burritos. Love it. All right. Okay. Okay. We have moved on to our round of the week has chosen a song from a mentor of ours Mr. David Thaxton. Hey Dave Hi hey. Dave Happy birthday Dave We love you <laughs> um, He was our level one instructor and our recorder instructor for level two and he is an all around fantastic human mm-hmm. and he gave us this wonderful song that has all of our second graders my second graders my fourth your graders your my fourth graders, graders gifting us Dixon Ticonderoga pencils. <laughs> the the Dixon, Dixon
0: Ticonderoga. The pencil that tamed the wild frontier. That fought the bears and raging streams and climbed the mountains high. The pencil that has no fear. The Dixon Ticonderoga. The, the Dixon pencil Dixon Ticonderoga. <laughs> The, the pencil that
3: the, the the, pencil pencil that, has no and on the, the that has no fear, the, dixon dixon the, the and high, the, the, bears and climb the mountain high, the pencil the high, the pencil that the the pencil that the pencil that the and the high,
1: the pencil that has no fear. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope that you have a wonderful week making a difference in your music rooms. Keep that harmony chaotic. <laughs> oh, and where can we find each other? Yeah. Uh,
0: you can find me at uh, tw- on Twitter at Mr. Seligman, S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N, not spelled at Mistress, M-R.
1: M-R Seligman. You can find me on Twitter at Finny Vapa. That's F-I-N-N-E-Y-V-A-P-A or at crystalpridmore.com. Awesome. Still laughing. Forgot all the words to that. <laughs>
3: um, at Ms. Ms. Kumagai K U M A G A I,
2: and I am at Mr. Keemer M R K E E H M E R
1: on the Twitters. Then.
2: All yep. right, that's on this Twitter machine.
1: Thanks, guys. Cool. Peace out. Bye. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kemer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebookcom chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube chaotic harmony is the name of our channel special thanks to brian pridmore for his help with production and equipment www.pridmorea.com